there, and welcome to Homeschoolhood, the show and community where we talk about all things education and parenthood and the beautiful mess where they intersect homeschool. I'm Erica Ladd, former public school teacher and parent turned homeschool mom to my two elementary age daughters. I never thought we would homeschool, but we accidentally fell in love with it this past year and haven't looked back. Whether you homeschool or not, though, my hope is that you find encouragement, practical ideas, and some real talk about raising and educating tiny humans here on Homeschoolhood. Hello! This episode is all about how to be confident in your parenting decisions. During this holiday season, when we are getting together with extended family and friends and We're doing a lot of what I call public parenting, where you might feel that your parenting is on display for all to critique. Um, I thought I could give us a little pep talk in this area, especially as homeschoolers. There often are a lot of questions asked and maybe feeling put on the spot as we catch up with people that we haven't seen in a while, or sometimes we just feel defensive of our decision to homeschool as it's considered out of the norm to most, but I think even if you don't homeschool, the holidays can feel just like a gauntlet of expectations and traditions to navigate and boundaries to set um, to hold on to what's important to us. So let's talk about how we avoid that feeling, maintain those boundaries, and just feel confident in what is right and best for our own family this holiday season, whether we homeschool or not. Before we get going on that, There are a couple of recent episodes of the Girl Next Door podcast, my other podcast with my friend Kelsey, that I think you might also find helpful this time of year uh, around these kinds of topics. And they are the episode called How to Say and Accept No and Holiday Logistics. If you want to check those out, um, head over to thegirlnextdoorpodcast.com or find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts um, and just Gear up, get in the right headspace to have the holiday that you want for your family heading into the end of the year here. So let's start by getting this out of the way. Anything related to parenting during a pandemic right now, COVID choices, masks, vaccination, schooling choices, etc., is is very fraught for parents of school-age children and or even toddlers and preschoolers. So I want to give you like a back pocket response to remind yourself and to maybe share with others if you're feeling that those choices that you've made or continue to make and changing minds and evaluating information, if you feel like those choices are being criticized, tell yourself and then possibly tell out loud somebody else this phrase. None of us have ever parented through a pandemic before. It's really hard. And we're all doing our best and making choices that we feel are best for our family. Let's leave it at that. Let me say that again to you so you can write it down. (laughs) None of us have ever parented through a pandemic before. It's really hard. And we're all doing our best and making choices that we feel are best for our family. Let's leave it at that. That is a phrase that you can perhaps bust out to a mother-in-law who's asking why your two-year-old is wearing a mask perhaps to someone who asked you why you pulled your kids out of school to homeschool during this hard time for public schools, perhaps about your choice to vaccinate or not vaccinate your kids. Keep that response in your own head and keep it as something to respond with. Because I think what it does when you say none of us have ever parented through a pandemic before, 
it right away establishes you as the authority because that mother-in-law, that aunt, or even that other parent who is parenting through a pandemic also has not done this before. You have not either. So there is not a manual. There is not a right way to do this. It's everyone trying to figure this out, this really hard thing. And it might be a reminder for those that, um, you know, you might have that mother-in-law that sits and scrolls on Facebook and is very disconnected from the realities of how hard it is to raise young kids during this time. And so, um, and, and the weight of that responsibility, right? If all of their kids are grown. So I think it's a very gentle and kind way to remind them that like, Hey, Sharon, you've not been here before. I'm doing the best I can back off. (laughs) Okay. So let's just get that out of the way. So I think anything related to COVID, you can keep that response in your back pocket. Okay. Let's talk about schedules and routines. I think that you need to either stick to your schedules and routines with your kids or don't, but the point is it's up to you. So let me tell you what I mean by that. I think it's important to decide ahead of time, especially if your kids are young. As they get older, this can all be a little more loosey-goosey because they can handle the, you know, staying up late, nap times aren't a a big deal anymore. It's not as big of a deal as they get older. But when they're little, decide ahead of time what is strict and set in stone for you and what is flexible. Maybe that's around sleep and nap times and bedtimes. Maybe that's around food choices for you and your family. Maybe that's around your house rules, just as you have guests in or how you expect your kids to behave at other people's houses. For instance, it's okay to stick to a nap or sleep schedule for your very tiny littles and everyone else can work around that (laughs) or you can opt out of certain things. It really is okay. Remember that if you get some pushback on that, you are the one who's going to have to deal with the fallout if your kid doesn't get enough sleep. You're going to be the one up with them in the middle of the night. You're going to be the one wrestling with your two-year-old to go to bedtime because she's overtired and overstimulated. So, you know, this might mean leaving early or offering to have it at your house if you feel comfortable with that so your kids can still get their nap in. And we often just forget how dysregulated little kids especially get when they're not in their own environment. So it is okay to kindly opt out of things or offer an alternative that works with your family's schedule and routine and decide for you what's important. Food. Um, It might be worth it for a splurge and then you might decide something else is not worth it because it's going to lead to an overwound kid on a sugar high or a very upset tummy. You know your kids, you know what they can handle, you know the ice cream is going to give your lactose intolerant kid a stomach ache, either, even if your dad doesn't believe that lactose intolerance is a thing, right? Like you get to decide all of that. Um, same with like house rules or how you expect your kids to behave in other people's houses. Like just because there are, you need to, let me put it this way. You need to adjust your expectations for like more kids, more merriment, right? But it's okay to have certain hard and fast rules. For example, we don't run in our house, through the kitchen and downstairs area. And we don't eat upstairs in the playroom. Like food is eaten at the table, but the extra noise is okay. The, um, squeals of delight with like rowdy cousins is okay. Right. The extra treat is okay. So deciding for yourself, okay, what can I let go of 
in light of what's actually important. What, what do I need to stick to in order for me and my family to enjoy the holiday? Maybe this is around screen time. Maybe you need to be more relaxed around screen time, but also if you know that your kids will be a bear with too much screen time, the entire way to grandma's house, then you can set those limits. So these are all some things to think through ahead of time and decide what is flexible during this time, during this family gathering, during this, you know, road trip to see families for the holidays, whatever it might be, and what is going to help you stay sane and enjoy your holiday and your kids. Um, Something I find helpful in talking through all these things too is some pre and post talks with the kids. I think sometimes we just, you know, we as adults know how to kind of uh, bend and shape and like fit in in different situations and kids are not experienced at that yet. So sometimes it really, really throws them off. So I find it helpful to have conversations like on the way, like, hey, we're going to your cousin's house. Something like every family has different rules and some might be different than rules at our house and that's okay. But you know what our expectations are. And then review with them kind of the deal breakers for you. Like you're going to be respectful of the people and the house and their things. You're going to listen to mommy and daddy the first time. Whatever whatever those rules might be that you think, okay, these are the, the deal breakers here. If they get to jump on the furniture, fine, join them in jumping on the furniture. But know that I still expect you to be respectful and I still expect you to listen, things like that. And then I also find it helpful to debrief debrief with kids after an event, um, especially if it's very different than how things go in your house. I I try to thank them for the times that they made a good choice if I saw that that was maybe hard for them to do with the choices that other people were making around them. I talk to them about maybe times that they were obviously a little upset or dysregulated. I talk about you know, just because everybody's doing a thing doesn't mean you have to do a thing. So we we really talk through all these things and practice and process together. And I think that that is really helpful. Um, kids can adapt to a lot of situations, but we need to be having actual conversations with them about what that looks like and that that is a skill that they need to learn. Okay, another principle to just kind of keep in mind overall as you are trying to be confident in your parenting Um, is to resist the urge to explain or defend. For example, if you are declining an invitation or um, an activity that you don't want to do, you don't need to explain why, I think, or or come up with some maybe even false excuse. I think often when we do that, we actually leave the door open for the other person to talk us out of or fix our objection, right? Like, If you say, you know, no, we're not going to go drive and look at lights with you on Tuesday. Tuesday is just a really busy day for us. Maybe what you really mean is you don't want to do it at all or the whole week is really too busy. But if you offer this like very specific um, objection, then often they're like, okay, well, how about Thursday? And then you find yourself in this endless cycle of having to say no. So instead of that, just be clear about what you will and won't be doing. So try something like, We won't be able to make it to that this year, the end, or we're not coming to the cookie exchange, but we're super excited to see you on Christmas Eve. Okay. So sometimes it's nice to like immediately follow with, we are doing this though, remember? (laughs) So it's like, it's making sure that, Hey, it's not about not wanting to see you. Um, 
reminding them that we are going to see you this other time, what, you know, whatever that might look like. Sometimes I know grandparents, they just can't get enough of these grandkids. Grandparenting is like all of the fun parts of parenting without the hard stuff. And so it's sometimes just a matter of you setting a boundary and reminding them like we we will still see you plenty. A listener mentioned on Instagram how sometimes it feels hard to make and be confident in parenting decisions because there's so much information out there now as parents currently, and there's just a lot to sort through that it feels like we should know the right answer to how to deal with the parenting dilemma because we could know potentially, right? And I think that sometimes gets us stuck in like, analysis paralysis, and we don't know how to just make a choice for our family. And I say, I think it's okay to use all that information. Like it's so nice to be able to research almost anything on your own and to have access to all kinds of things that aren't necessarily in your wheelhouse, but it's okay to use all that information to inform your decision. And it's also okay to let it boil down to going with your gut about how that information applies to your family and your kids. Um, and then not feel the need to defend decisions you've made with statistics and with, you know, all this proof, because all it comes across as is, as is insecure, honestly, and opening up the door for inviting other people to argue with your facts. Okay. So if you have used that information to help inform your decision, that's fine. Go with your gut on what you know, what that means for your family, and then resist the urge to use all that information to defend yourself. It's just not necessary. Okay, this especially applies to your kids' perhaps misbehavior, and that is just don't freak out about public parenting, which is just parenting in front of other people. I know for me as a new mom and as a very overwhelmed mom with like instant family of two toddlers that this felt very hard. I felt very insecure. Um, it felt like everything was an emergency to fix or address lest somebody thought I was a bad mom. So ask yourself as your kid is melting down or as there is some issue come up with your kid, especially in front of other people, ask yourself, is this an emergency? Sometimes we react quickly before thinking, or we even overreact or underreact to save face and just make the behavior stop, right? And it's okay to just stop and take a minute and think about it or just to remove your child from the situation without saying anything. I think of like a toddler meltdown and it feels like, okay, now everybody's watching me and this toddler. They are making a loud production and all eyes are on us and I better handle this the right way. I better look capable or I better make it stop. It's annoying everybody. And I think like, Really, if you're handling it in some way, that's all anyone cares about. I Kids, people aren't criticizing you probably as much as you think that they are. Don't be embarrassed. Your kid's behavior is not about you. Um, it is okay to just remove them from the situation. Often toddler meltdowns in like big family gatherings are because they're a little overstimulated anyways. And, and stop and think for a minute about how you want to react. You can also ignore the peanut gallery all the little comments, or you could even explain the why behind what you're doing if you think it would be helpful, but don't feel like you have to. So for instance, if there is a particular attention-seeking behavior that one of your kids is doing and you are ignoring it and you feel like everybody is 
addressing it and like (laughs) undoing all the work you're doing to ignore it. I think it's okay to say, oh, we're really working on that behavior. So I'm ignoring that on purpose right now. And just lead the way, right? Take the lead in that situation and show other people how you would like them to react to your kid doing that thing. Because I think so often, like, you know, grandma jumps in and is like, oh, what do you need, sweetie? What's wrong? And you know the situation, you know, maybe it's an attention-seeking behavior or whatever. It's okay for you to be like, oh, actually, we're just ignoring that right now. We've been working on this behavior at home or some, you know, whatever it might be. It's okay to explain if you feel like it would be helpful, but do it confidently and then the end. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about school decisions. Um and get into homeschool more specifically. Whatever school decisions you're making for your family right now, always, but especially right now, like I said earlier, during this pandemic, the way that it's affected kids and schools and learning, those decisions are hard and stressful. And you have likely thought long and hard and had tears about them and you don't need to defend them. Um, Let's talk about homeschool. There's a lot of new homeschoolers, myself included, who decided, you know, to just homeschool because of the pandemic and then are going to end up continuing to do it. But you may not have actually had conversations with some family about this decision, and this may seem out of left field to some people, and that's okay. Um, But I have found, like, if someone's asking about school and you're kind of talking about the fact that you homeschool for the first time, here are some great back pocket phrases to use. I have just said, we actually homeschool now and we're loving it, period. We homeschool and it's going great, period. We homeschool and it's been so great for our family this tough year, period. We, we actually homeschool now and the kids are just thriving, period. Notice the period at the end of all those sentences. Okay. Don't be apologetic. Don't be embarrassed. This is your choice. And it's okay to just, I think when you confidently say something like that, people are like, oh, and they might be curious and ask you more about it. Maybe what they ask you more about is something like this. Well, you're not going to homeschool in high school, right? (laughs) Or middle school or insert, you know, you're not going to homeschool after this pandemic, right? I think it's okay to say something like this. We're taking it one year at a time. Or not sure yet, this is working great for us right now, and we're open to whatever is best for our family in the future. That could apply to a lot of situations, but I find it particularly helpful for homeschool. Um, Sometimes you'll just get negative comments like, I could never do that. That sounds horrible. (laughs) I just like to kind of laugh this one off and say something like, it's not for everybody, and I totally get that, but it's working out really well for us. Or something like, I actually used to think the same thing, because I did, but I've been really pleasantly surprised by how much we all love it. It's crazy. So kind of like an, I know, right? Can you believe we're doing this? (laughs) And you kind of join them in their like, in their shock and awe, and then it diffuses the situation. Another one I got, I get a lot is, well, how do you even know what to teach? How do you know they're learning everything they need to be? And I think this is where, especially as a new homeschooler, I've done this too, is where we jump into like all of the curriculum we're using, all of the research, what we've learned. And I don't think that's necessary. And I think it comes across as very defensive. It's okay to just say like, you know what? We are learning so much together this year as we figure this thing out and then leave it at that. You don't have to defend and explain all of your curriculum choices. You have likely put 
more thought than they even care to know into those things. And you don't also need to let anyone give you or your kids a pop quiz, right? Like I have had this where relatives have started like asking my kids about math, like what they're learning in math right now, what they're learning in science when they would never ask them that if they were in public school. So it's kind of like they're prying into, you know, to make sure I'm actually teaching them those things. So something I've said um, in situations like that is to just come in and say, you know what, they are right where they need to be. And I am so impressed with how hard they're working and how much progress they've made. It's been really cool to see. Mic drop. Um, another one specific to homeschool, but you might get this with like virtual school or, you know, even the changes in public school is a lot of pearl clutching about socialization and how are you socializing your kids and how are you making sure their social needs are met? And what I like to say is there's a lot of other kinds of socializing than just being in a room with everybody who's your exact same age. And we make sure they get plenty of times with friends and extracurriculars. And honestly, we have more time for those things because we homeschool and leave it at that. Um, again, you're not going to, if somebody completely disagrees with your choice to homeschool in particular, you are not going to convince them with anything you say, but you might make them think with your confidence in it. And you're like, your how much joy it's bringing you and your family. Do you know what I'm saying? So just leave it short and sweet like that. And just remember that part of, you know, part of some of this questioning might even get more intense right now, because again, school is just so fraught for so many right now. And nobody probably feels super confident about their decision to send their kids to public schools, what that looks like, masks, no masks, vaccine mandates, all the things. Everything is making everything feel more stressful. And so just take all those things with a grain of salt. Okay, here are a couple handy ways to respond to criticism. I think a lot of times we first of all have to decide whether we're actually being criticized or not, or if we just feel insecure and we're responding defensively because of our own insecurity. So don't have like pretend conversations <laughs> that aren't actually happening with, you know, that mother-in-law in your head or decide that everyone is judging you when they really might not be. Again, as a new parent, I found this particularly hard. As a new homeschool mom, I found this hard. I had all kinds of assumptions about what everybody was thinking or if somebody was criticizing me or not, and they might've just been curious. So I have found um, one thing that is helpful is just to make a joke or some self-deprecation. If it's something that like, you know, maybe is just kind of your thing as a mom and other people might not agree with, just making a joke about it. For example, when I was a new mom, we had a almost two-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old, and we were at a family birthday party, and there was like frosted chocolate donuts for the birthday treat, and I put, you know, I pulled out my little like mom diaper bag and I put a little like bib on Julia. She had a suit. She was not even two yet. She had a super cute new outfit on. And, um, someone at the party said, Ugh, and rolled her eyes at me and said, why are you even bothering with that? And I just looked at her and I said, in kind of a joking way and made it like about me. I said, Oh, because I think she looks really cute today. And I spent good money on that outfit and I don't want it ruined. Like kind of making a joke about myself. Like I'm fully aware a two-year-old is going to make a mess. I'm trying to minimize the damage here and just kind of made it funny. Like, oh yeah, I'm being anal because she looks cute. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that helps often. I also think when it comes down to it, a 
saying less words, like we've talked about with some of those examples, just leaving it at a one sentence response, deciding maybe ahead of time what some of your responses to these situations is. But sometimes you might need to set a firm boundary. You're talking about vaccines or you're talking about school choices or these things that are really important to you and that you've given a lot of time and thought to. And if someone especially is getting like heated or really crossing a boundary um, and asking you questions or questioning your authority to make those decisions as a parent, I think it's okay to eventually come down to, you know what, this isn't really up for discussion and we're just going to leave it alone. And then walking away. It's okay to just let somebody know, I'm not actually discussing this with you. I've already decided. So that is easier said than done. And you will probably ruffle feathers. But as they say, when someone gets upset, when you set a boundary, that's a very good indication that one was needed there. So keep that in mind. So that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Go into all of your holiday gatherings with confidence. Um, I think the more you can just be open and honest and secure in your parenting and realize that there is no one right way to be a mom or a dad. There is no one right way to raise or educate kids. And it's okay to figure it out as you go. You are the one raising these kids and that is your, those are your choices to make. So keep that in mind. Um, as always, I would love to answer any questions you have. Remember, you can connect with me on Instagram. I am at Lad Erica over there. Um, you can find all kinds of videos on curriculum, books, resources, cute puppy pictures, you know, all the things. Um, you can find the show notes for this episode with links to anything I mentioned in our in the podcast player. And I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at hellohomeschoolhood at gmail.com. Until next time, remember you are your child's first and most important teacher. And you've got this. 